Coming up on Sounds Good to Us, Jordan and I are going to talk about one of the most accomplished, accoladed, critically acclaimed bands in the history of country music. We're talking about the chicks. And today, we're going to talk about what makes them a bluegrass band, maybe even a punk band, but definitely a band that we think you should listen to more of. So go on a journey with us, folks, and listen to Sounds Good to Us. The cops came by to bring Earl in. They searched the house high and low. Then they tipped their hats and said, Thank you, ladies. If you hear from him, let us know. Well, the weeks went by and spring turned to summer and summer faded into fall and it turns out he was a missing person who nobody missed at all. That's a wonderfully dark and menacing lyric from 1999's Goodbye, Earl from the album Fly, by Texas's very own The Chicks, who are the subject of today's episodes of Sounds Good to Us, which you, dear listener, are listening to now. I'm Gregory Hill. And I'm Jordan Stone. This is a music podcast where two friends of 21 years and counting pick one artist per episode and talk about why that artist is awesome to us, even in the minuscule, atomically small chance that you won't think so. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram and listen to us wherever you decide to get your podcast, Jordan. Our focus today is on a band that has sold 33 million albums, makes them the best-selling female band of all time, regardless of genre, and the best-selling country group of all time. They have weathered controversy, which we'll talk about, if you could even call it controversy. We will attempt to litigate the attempted canceling of the chicks today. And they went on to win 13 Grammy Awards. They are simply put one of the best country acts of all time. And while we're sure you know them very well, we want to make sure that you know why they're awesome and hopefully leave today with a different perspective, which gets us to today's topics. Jordan, you are going to argue something that ideally other people will find interesting. Tell us what you're going to talk about today. You might not think of them this way, but the Chicks are the most famous bluegrass band of all time. Yeehaw! And I'm going to speak from the heart as a fan. And I'm just going to tell you that the Chicks should be your favorite country band because they have incredible range, they create immense feeling, and they're fun as hell to sing along to. So, Jordan, as we get into this episode, you're going to kick us off. I want you to tell me, where did you first hear about the Chicks and some other personal stories that help us understand how you think about it? So this is a first for me on the podcast in that I don't have a direct personal connection or story to becoming a Chicks fan. I've been a very casual fan over the past couple decades. I know their hits, but I've never really sat down and taken the time to study this band. And this week I changed that. So I'm going to take a different route here and tell you some revelations I had while diving into their catalog. Number one, they are easily a top two country band of the last 25 years. I've got Garth Brooks, I've got the Chicks. That's top two for me. Number two, they've got world-class talent. Go watch one of their live performances. Choose any of them on YouTube, wherever. They all play at least one instrument. Emily Strayer, one of the members of the Chicks, is mesmerizingly talented. She plays banjo, dobro, guitar, lap steel, bass, mandolin, accordion, and sitar. Natalie Maines, has a perfect voice. 
she sounds exactly the same live as she does on the records. And my biggest revelation of the research this week for this episode, they're a traditional country and bluegrass band labeled as pop country. They're as country as George Strait. They're as catchy as Shania Twain. They're bluegrass enough to do a set at the station in Nashville. They're as talented as literally anyone in country. And they're the biggest bluegrass band of all time. Check out songs like White Trash Wedding, Tortured Tangled Hearts, and Lil Jack Slade from 2002's Home. So for my role today on this episode, I'm going to take you on a journey of their more traditional country and bluegrass side. I'm going to steer away from their hits, let Greg handle that side, and I'm going to show you why they deserve to be in the conversation with George Strait, Dolly Parton, Hank Williams. So stick around for that, and I'll pass it over to Greg, who has an awesome direct connection with the Chicks. I've been a huge Chicks fan for a while now. I first heard about them in 1998 when I heard Wide Open Spaces on the radio. My mom listened to a lot of country music in the car, and so there was always a lot of country, a lot of 90s country going on, listened to a lot of 70s and 80s country. Whenever I go visit my grandpa, we listen to a lot of Hank Williams. I mean, country is sort of in my DNA as far as music goes. But at this point, I wasn't a country fan because what I was actually listening to was rap, alternative rock, pop music. I was listening to MTV. I didn't think country was cool because country was the music of my parents. And so I would have rather been listening to Cake or Benfold to this point. But when this song came on in the car, I went ahead and listened to it. I compromised because I'm a loving son. But after giving it a couple of listens, I fell in love with the chicks. And a little while later, I was at school in math class. This was in 1998. So I was 12 years old. And my teacher told us after someone was talking about the chicks and how they liked them, said, oh, I founded the Chicks. And we were all just kind of like, what? No, you didn't. What are you talking about? Because, you know, when you're 12, your teachers aren't cool. Your teachers probably want to sound cool because they're in front of a bunch of elementary and middle schoolers. None of us believed her. And she said, no, I founded the band. I'm from Texas. And at that point, Natalie Maines wasn't there. And we were a bluegrass band. I didn't like the direction that the band was heading. I wanted to play bluegrass music. They wanted to be more kind of poppy, mainstream country. And so I left. And a couple of years later, they added Natalie Maines, and then they ultimately blew up. And I don't regret any of it. I actually never went back and confirmed that story, although I told it before. I never went back and confirmed it, but I was able to, thankfully, in the research today, finding out that my teacher, Robin Lynn Macy, was indeed a founding member of the Chicks. And then taught middle school math for a while. And now she's an activist and teacher and does a bunch of stuff in the state of Kansas. Pretty cool. Years later now, I I bought my first Chicks album. I never owned Wide Open Spaces at that moment, although I've owned it since. I bought Fly. This was sort of more of a pop crossover record. So someone who wasn't like purely a country fan, this album was a little bit more accessible to me at that point in time when I was you know, 14, I guess. The album debuted at number one on the Billboard 200. It had songs like Cowboy Take Me Away, which is still a favorite of mine, Ready to Run, of course, Goodbye Earl. 
had a fantastic music video. So I'm watching MTV all the time. I'm watching VH1 for music videos. This song was actually played on those channels, not just on country radio. It was also a song about murder, which would have been banned from my household if it was on any other genre. You know, if I was listening to a song like Goodbye Earl and it was a rap or a rock song, I wouldn't have been able to listen to it. But since it was country, it was right there. I've seen the chicks twice. I saw them once in the fly tour on September 9th, 2000 in Nashville at the then called Gaylord Entertainment Center. And then I also saw them a second time on the MMXVI tour on September 22nd, 2016 at the KFC Yum Center in Louisville, Kentucky. And I'll happily see them again. And I'd absolutely consider myself a Chicks fan. So I'm really glad that we're covering them in this episode. Like I said before, I'm mostly going to just take the perspective of a fan because it's hard for me to intellectually engage with them because I like them so much. But I really, really want to dig into what makes them resonate with so many millions of fans, even despite the fact that they've had some rough times. I'm going to dive into a little bit of the artist's background so folks who are listening have a better sense of who the chicks are. Uh, I'll warn you, there's a lot to talk about. So chicks were founded in 1989 by Laura Lynch, then Robert Lynn Macy, who was my math teacher, Marty and Emily Irwin, who were sisters, still in the band, in Dallas, Texas. They took their original name from a song released by the American rock band Little Feet called Dixie Chicken. Their original sound was mostly bluegrass, like straight up bluegrass in the Texas scene, all four members sang a lot. Their first album was called Thank Heavens for Dale Evans, which was financed by the daughter of a Texas senator and cost $10,000. The album even included two just straight-up instrumental tracks. So, Jordan, you keep talking about bluegrass. That's how bluegrass they were. They were just two bluegrass instrumental tracks and then some other songs. Their sound didn't really take off mainstream, although they had quite a following. But they were featured on an episode of A Prairie Home Companion, and they did appear on the Grand Ole Opry in Nashville. It was in 1992, they started to evolve their sound, so much so that Robert Lynn Macy, my former math teacher, left the band. And also around this time, a still guitarist, Lloyd Maines, who had played on a couple of their albums, introduced the band to his daughter, Natalie. She wanted to be a singer, she was young, but she wanted to be a famous singer. And the band loved the harmonies that she brought into the sound. They just felt like there was a vocal connection, and they brought her on. As an all-female band, it was hard to convince the mostly male-dominated country music industry to give them a chance, but in 1995, they signed with Sony. Laura Lynch, an original member, then left, and she was replaced by Natalie Maines, who became the lead singer. Arguably, that was the point in which they became the chicks as we know them today. band released their first album, Wide Open Spaces, in 1998, which went on to be certified Diamond and is still the best-selling duo or group album in country music history. Wow. Jordan, to give you a sense of how big they were, the Chicks sold more CDs in 1998 than every other country music group combined. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's unbelievable. <laughs> wow. Yep. Then Pilot On, they released Fly in 1999, debuted at number one on the Billboard 200 charts. Not the country charts, Jordan, the yep. 200 charts sold over 10 million copies, and got them back-to-back diamond albums. They released Home in 2002, which was a quote-unquote disappointment, only sold 6 million records. Oh, boo. Um, yeah, this is actually <laughs> one of my favorite Chicks albums overall. Yeah, it's much more up-tempo bluegrass than the previous three. And then on March 10th, 2003, at a concert at Shepherd's Bush Empire Theater in London, England, Natalie Maines told the crowd that the band didn't support the Allied invasion of Iraq and was ashamed that then-President George W. Bush was from Texas. Well, the response in the room was probably quite positive, but back in the States across the pond, shit hit the fan fast. Country music fans reacted super negatively to this. The chicks were literally blacklisted by thousands of country radio stations, 
The band received death threats for this comment, and other country artists basically disowned them. Didn't support them, didn't say anything, distanced themselves, and some even, fuck you, Toby Keith, capitalized off the furor by calling the band out publicly. So, Jordan, let's talk about this. Let's just get it out of the way. Let's have the cancel conversation. This was in 2003, and conservatives attempted to cancel the chicks. So, first question, do you remember this happening? What were your thoughts then? And with 20 years of, of distance, what are your thoughts now? I don't fully remember it happening. We were ju- like juniors in high school. It's not like this is something that we're closely paying attention to. You know, you're in high school. You're not like watching the news and stuff. But obviously, you become aware of it over time. And as I became aware of it, and even more today, especially in the world that we live in today, it's ridiculous. It is absolutely ridiculous. And I'll put it in perspective. If they said that today, it'd be in the news for like half a day, maybe. Maybe at all. There'd be a little bit of uproar, quote unquote, on the internet. If anything, someone would call them out and we'd move on. They would not get canceled today. And so it's just kind of crazy to think about. It's so tame. And I'll tell you one last thing here. I had forgotten what they said. I just always remembered that the chicks said something political that got them canceled. And so I Googled it a few weeks ago and I was like, that's it. That's Mm -hmm. it. That's what they said. And this ruined their entire career. It's a complete and utter joke. And it's an embarrassment to everyone who is involved on the wrong side of this. The only, only silver lining is two things. Number one, we're going to talk about what they did after this, which was incredible. The second thing was they sort of walked so other artists could run. Not only female artists, but there's a lot of great country music artists that were much more outspoken about their political beliefs. And this is not a political podcast. We're not advocating one necessarily over the other. But artists should be able to speak their fucking mind. They're creating art. And, you know, you have Marin Morris who says stuff like this pretty much every day and is immensely popular. So they had to push the envelope. And unfortunately, I mean, we're not joking when we say that they got death threats. And and Natalie Maines and the band has talked about this frequently, and they even sing about it, which brings me to their response. So after laying low for a couple of years, and actually immediately after this happened, Natalie Maines apologized. Part of, I'm sure, the (laughs) the label had something to do with that. Yeah. Yeah. And then a couple of years later, she rescinded her apology. She said, I don't don't apologize. Good for her. It was around this time that they started putting together what is probably one of the greatest country records of all time, Taking the Long Way, which included, famously, a song called Not Ready to Make Nice, which is about this event. This song addressed how they felt about the backlash directly. It's basically a letter to the country music establishment telling about how it was bad for them and and the death threats they received, but they're also not over it. And it's not just about what they did to country fans, but it's about what country fans did to them. This album was produced by Rick Rubin, who at that point was mostly known for rap and rock, but he'd, he'd worked with Johnny Cash at that point famously. And the album's great. And it was mostly ignored by country radio. It wasn't played on the air, but it's gone five times platinum since, and it won all five categories it was nominated for at the Grammys, including Album of the Year, which is talk about a ring endorsement. And if you haven't seen it, check out Shut Up and Sing, which is a fantastic documentary released in 2006 about this whole period in time. And then after that, they went on hiatus, mostly between 2008 and 2014. They toured a little bit, and they released Gaslighter in 2020. 
So Jordan, I want you to now, let's assume that either people haven't gone deep into necessarily the Chicks catalog, they know them for their hits, but they want to learn more about the sound. Pick a song that you believe best encapsulates the Chicks sound. As a reminder, I'm going the traditional country and bluegrass route for this episode. So I'll be picking songs for that theme. And the one that best describes the Chicks as a traditional country band is Tonight the Heartaches on Me from 1998's Wide Open Spaces. Could have heard a pin drop when they walked through the door. Had to turn my eyes away. My heart fell to the floor. In this song, we've got fiddle and a fiddle solo. We've got steel guitar and a steel guitar solo traditional vocals and bass line. I think Loretta Lynn could record this song in 1968. It'd be a hit. What I love about this song and the chicks in general is it sounds old and new simultaneously. Mm-hmm. I don't know how they do it. Mm-hmm. I don't know many artists that can do this, but it's it's brilliant. And we'll talk about mm-hmm. that today. And if you call yourself a country fan and you don't like this song or this entire album for this matter, I, I don't know what to tell you. This This is country right down the middle to me, and it describes your sound. I love it. And what you said is something that is so important to think about with the chicks, that ability to be country. And for those of you who don't listen to country music, and I, I hope you have made it this far, because this is a pop music podcast, right? But pop is a big tent. We're going to talk about rap, we're going to talk about country, and talk about rock, we're talk about everything. If you don't listen to a lot of country, it's hard to wrap your head around how exclusive the country scene is. Country radio dominates what people listen to and how people think, more so than any other genre. And the fact that people will regularly argue whether or not something is real country or not, and somehow the chicks were able to make something that's quote-unquote real country, but also sound really modern and poppy is a feat. So I'm really glad you called that out. I 100% agree. And as a reminder for my angle here, I'm, I'm just gushing over the Chicks as a big fan. So my song, I think, just perfectly encapsulates the best of the Chicks song. It's one you undoubtedly know. It's one of their biggest hits. It's Wide Open Spaces from 1998's Wide Open Spaces. Who doesn't know what I'm talking about? Who's never left home? So last week, Jordan introduced the concept of the Ben Folds 5 checklist, and I want to double down on that great idea. Here's the Chicks checklist. Prominent fiddle. It has that in spades. Fantastic harmonies featuring the incredible range of Natalie Maine's voice. This song checks all those boxes. It feels wide open. It, it This song is like the West, right? It just... It feels really open and it makes you feel something when you listen to it. I love the harmonies. I love the opening with the fiddle. There's a fiddle solo at around two minutes in. It's followed by a short guitar solo. As Jordan has mentioned, this is a, a band that plays instruments and they sound fucking great. They're really talented. And those instruments are featured here. And this was a very popular song, which that's pretty rare. It's also a pretty uplifting song. I mean, obviously... You know, it's it's about a woman who wants to head west to discover something that she doesn't know about herself yet. I think anyone can respond to that message. And the chicks provide a lot of hope in their music while also directly addressing problems. So they're not just all positive. It's There's a lot of stuff that they're calling out, but they do provide some hope. And ultimately, as we talked about country music being exclusive, the chicks have always felt authentically inclusive, not because of PR, not because they want to make a Agreed. statement, because just the chicks want to open a big tent for everybody. And this song represents that. 
All right, so Jordan, next up, we've talked a lot about the chicks so far. We're going to take a little bit of a detour and talk about some artist comps as a way for us to highlight some aspects of the chick's sound. So Jordan, I want you to kick us off. Tell us about an artist or a band that you think about when you think about the chicks or vice versa. First up is Loretta Lynn and the song Fist City from 1968's Fist City. If you don't want to go to Fist City, you better detour around my town. Cause I'll grab you by the hair of the head and I'll lift you off of the ground. I'm not a I chose this song for a few reasons. Obviously, it fits the traditional country theme to a T. When you look up country music in the dictionary, you see this song. It's also a bit off color for the late 60s. She's basically talking about whooping a dude's ass. (laughs) And it's definitely on brand with something that chicks would do. And the chicks could re-record this song and you'd think they wrote it. So this song, I think, fits great with the first artist comp. My choice first is The Waylon Jennies and the song Heaven When We're Home from 2004's 40 Days. So Waylon Jennings, if you haven't heard anything about them, they're a Canadian folk and bluegrass band that started in 2002. And I think if you went into a lab and crossed the Indigo Girls with the Dixie Chicks and you move them to Canada and all those experiences, you get the Waylon Jennings. It's it's softer, less aggressive, sweeter side of the Dixie Chicks, which I'm using to highlight here is that as much like rollicking fun as Dixie Chicks songs can be, they have a lot of songs that really bring it down a notch they're soft, they're sweet, they're low key. And you you hear a lot of similar instrumentation as you hear in chick songs as you do in the Whalen Jennies. But for me here, ultimately, it's about the incredible harmonies. And the Whalen Jennies, as the title of the band probably lets you to believe, they can wail. I mean, they're great singers and their harmonies are incredible. That's the biggest comp here. And so I think if, if one of your favorite things about the chicks is their harmonies, then gravitate towards the Whalen Jennies. Next up is The Judds and Have Mercy from 1985's Rockin' with the Rhythm. Have mercy on me. You treat me so bad. I'm in misery. It's breaking my heart. Can't you see? Baby, baby, have mercy on me. I honestly chose The Judds for more of just inspiration uh, and less of sonic similarities in the music between The Chicks and The Judds. I think The Judds set up The Chicks to do what they did a decade later, which, by the way, it's I like The Judds, but The Chicks sound like 50 years ahead of mm-hmm. The Judds, not just 10 short years. And a lot of the Judd's music is actually slow. So I went with Have Mercy that's more upbeat and has that chicks vibe. I love that song. My next choice is Patty Griffin, specifically the song Long Ride Home from 2002's 1000 Kisses. 40 years go by with someone laying in your bed. 40 years of things you say you wish you'd never said. How hard would it have been to say some kind of Patty Griffin's a songwriter from Maine. She's one of the best songwriters we have. I mean, we talked about Corey Brandon in a previous episode. Patty Griffin's much more famous than Corey Brandon, but when we're talking about elite songwriters that you probably haven't listened to as artists, Patty Griffin is in there. And I guarantee you that people like Emily Harris, Ellis Paul, Kelly Clarkson, and yes, the Chicks 
would all agree because all of those artists have covered Patty Griffin's songs. Now, some of this is just like sort of mental memory association. A former girlfriend of mine loved the Dixie Chicks, loved Patty Griffin. So it's really hard to decouple these artists in my own mind, but they also play together. They play each other's music. There's definitely a connection here and a mutual respect. If the Whale and Jenny's choice that I did before showcased the similar sense of harmony across these two groups, I want to point out here how amazing Patty Griffin's voice is. And we'll talk about Natalie Maine's voice a lot on this podcast, I'm sure. They both have just great voices. So if one of your favorite things about the chicks is Natalie Maine's voice, gravitate towards Patty Griffin. Next up is the band Perry and All Your Life from 2010's The Band Perry. Would you catch a couple thousand fireflies? So the band Perry is a fantastic comp. If you're looking for something more contemporary that fits that chick sound, they've got banjo, mandolin, and fiddle, which isn't super common in contemporary country music, and that traditional sound that also sounds new, like the Dixie Chicks. And Kimberly Perry is kind of a Natalie Maines clone, and I, I that sounds bad, and I, but I mean as a compliment. She sounds very similar to Natalie Maines. I wouldn't be surprised if she was directly influenced. So take a listen to the band Perry. Absolutely. And then I'm going to close it out here with Miranda Lambert. And I chose Tequila Does from 2019's fantastic album, Wild Card. He don't love me like tequila Miranda Lambert is a wild card, for sure. The name of that album says so, and she's also great. She's incredibly popular, but she still releases really authentic, honest, well-written, and well-composed music. And if you listen to as much country music as us, and you love music as much as us, not just country music, you see this big division in country music. Authentic artists and inauthentic artists. And it's it's very clear. But if you're putting authentic songs about you and your experiences out into the world, doesn't matter how popular you are. And Miranda Lambert is incredibly mainstream. But like the chick, she makes really heartfelt music about her and people can connect to it emotionally. A lot of the comparison here is about the humor. The chicks are one of those bands, Jordan, that we like that they don't take themselves too seriously. They tell a lot of jokes, they weave humor into their music, but still delivers a really beautiful voice. It just strikes you down to your core. This is a country-ass song. It just feels very modern, which is also how I think about the checks, as you've stated today. I wanted to give you my favorite lyric, Jordan. I'd sure like to find a cowboy tonight to get me back in the saddle, but the boys around here drink domestic beer. They're all hat, no cattle. But I won't sleep alone because my old pal Patron is taking me home tonight. Obviously a reference to tequila. It's great. All right, so Jordan, next up, we're going to get away from some of these comps, and we're going to start to dig into the chick's music itself. Every single episode, we compile a bespoke playlist just for you, listener. We curate the entirety of the band's catalog, and we select the songs that we think you should listen to first or revisit first if you're getting back into the band. Check out the playlists that we're making that accompany these episodes. The easiest way to find it is by going to soundsgoodtous.com. There's a link there that you can check them all out. So Jordan, you're going to kick us off here. Tell us what the first track in our playlist is. First track is Some Days You Gotta Dance from Fly. I was jumping, I had to get away. Some days you gotta dance. Live it up when you get the chance. When the world doesn't make no sense. And 
this song is so good. I don't know how they make a traditional country song sound like a pop song, but they do. It's, a, it's an amazing ability that they have. And I will tell you, I've never worn cowboy boots in my entire life. I've never slipped a pair of cowboy boots onto my feet. But this song makes me want to put on a pair of cowboy boots and line dance, which I've also never done. So this song is inspiring to me to get out and do some line dancing. I know what we're doing for our first Sounds Good to Us offsite. Jordan, check under your chair. There's a box (laughs) and there's a pair of cowboy boots. Wild Horse Saloon, baby. Let's go. That's a great choice. I love that song. My first is far and away my favorite chick song, Am I the Only One Who's Ever Felt This Way from 1998's Wide Open Spaces. Natalie's voice, the harmonies, the backing steel and violin. It's a beautiful song that also is a really, really, really sad song. It feels sad when you listen to it, especially if you catch one of the lyrics. But there's also this dissonance there that I think is really interesting. And I've always thought that's why this song works so well. I also love how they take a break in the song, which is what they also do in Goodbye Earl, if you remember that. They work hard. They deserve a break. This song just yearns for connection. She's in such despair that she's calling out for just literally anyone who can empathize. My favorite lyrics, there is no good reason I should have to be so alone. I'm smothered by this emptiness. Lord, I wish I was made of stone. Like a fool, I lent my soul to love and it paid me back and changed. God help me. Am I the only one who's ever felt this way? Some deep shit. Next track is Letter Rip from Wide Open Spaces. really really cool country song i love the production on it when i hear this song i picture four things one texas i just i you hear it you think texas number two a roadhouse or a honky tonk in texas number three one of those old timey upright pianos the piano in the song is so cool i just see a guy sitting down playing a piano in a roadhouse or honky tonk in texas and the number four is people dancing Now you see that in your mind, listen to Letter Rip from Wide Open Spaces, and that's what you're going to see. I would put this on a playlist, and I would call it Modern Country Songs with a Traditional Country Sound. Love it. My next song is Cowboy Take Me Away from 1999's Fly. I said, Cowboy Take Me Away Fly this girl as high as you can into the wild blue Okay, okay, okay. This song is obviously one of their biggest hits. If you've heard of the checks, you've heard of this song. It has 102 million plays on Spotify alone, but 50 million of those are mine because, God damn it, this is a great song. The opening, the violin, the pedals, acoustic guitar, the just yearning in Natalie's voice is palpable. You can tell just from the sound of her voice that she wants something. Um, and it sets a great tone of the song because the song is all about wanting something that you don't have and hoping someone can help you get there. And the song like shifts into this higher tempo in the choruses, and you guessed it, we've talked about harmonies. There's fantastic harmonies in this song. 
the last thing I really like about this song, I really didn't think about this until today when I was listening to it and just kind of finalizing my thoughts for the podcast. This song isn't about the cowboy at all. It's about the away, right? So she's hoping the cowboy can take her there to some better place out west where just something more peaceful that doesn't have all the trappings of modern society. But it's not about the actual cowboy. She just, I don't even think she really gives a shit if the cowboy's still there when she gets there. But she just wants to go somewhere different. And I think that's a really interesting twist on our normal love song. Next up is White Trash Wedding from Home. You can't afford no ring. I should be wearing white and you can't afford no ring. This song is some backwoods shit and I love it. <laughs> I love really fast bluegrass music that just sounds like you're in the middle of nowhere with some dudes hit, sand, sitting around a campfire playing some loud, fast bluegrass music. I'd love to see the Avett brothers and chicks do this song together. Go check out the live version of White Trash Wedding on YouTube. Just search for White Trash Wedding Live. It's the first result. It's amazing. And early in the week in this research, that's what made me go, fuck, this is a bluegrass band. Obviously, all their songs are not bluegrass, but it's the, the song that made me realize, okay, they're a bluegrass band. This is pretty cool. My next song is Truth Number 2 from 2002's Home. You know that Patty Griffin that I mentioned earlier? This is actually her song. This is a cover of a Patty Griffin song. And I love the Chicks version. And I, I said earlier, I love this album. It is a little bit more up-tempo. It brings the bluegrass interpretation forward a little bit more, which is interesting because their first two albums were arguably more mainstream than this, which is usually the opposite of how bands do that. But this song is just fucking defiant as hell. They're not scared of anything. They're not scared of fans. They're not scared of the man in this song. And I like this song as sort of a spiritual predecessor of Long Way Home, even though they didn't write it. It's a cover, but the way they cover it really amps up this defiance. They had within them what it took to withstand that backlash already. I think very few bands would have been able to survive that, and they 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 had that in their DNA. They were ready for it. I was going to make an argument in this. Jordan, this is some behind-the-scenes shit. I was going to make the argument that you were going to say that the chicks were bluegrass, and I was going to say they were punk. <laughs> Mostly because of the song. And I think that this song is more punk than like 60% of the actual punk music that I've heard. Yep, in my life. yep. All right, next up is Sin Wagon from Fly. All right, I'm going to vote this one as song I most want to see the chicks play live in a small bar. This song has four solos. Count them, yep. four solos. A banjo solo, a fiddle solo, a guitar solo, and a steel guitar solo. And they're all in a row. That is so badass. This was a number one album in the country, mind you. And as a yep. song like this on it, th that's flabbergasting to me. You could go to any artist and say, I want you to record an album that has banjo, fiddle, guitar, and steel guitar solos in it. And I want you to go number one. 
most, if not 99.9% of artists could not achieve that feat. Sin Wagon's a great song. Yeah, it's like early Vince Gill in this, pretty much. Those are the options, yeah. I love that song. It's also the name of my truck. My next song is Tights on My Boat from 2020's Gaslighter. And you can tell the girl who left her tights on my boat that she can have you now. Yeah, you can tell the girl who left her tights on my boat that she can have you now. You're gonna get what you got coming to you. I love the verses of this song. It reminds me of a song that I know you also like, Jordan, 2015's Baby Blue by Action Bronson featuring Chance the Rapper. And that song has this line that goes, I hope you never get off Fridays and you work at a Fridays that's always busy on Fridays. I hope you never get off Fridays and you work at a Fridays that's always busy on Fridays. I hope you win a lottery and lose your ticket. And it's just the pettiness of anger. Most anger in music is like vitriol, right? It's it's raw emotion. But I love that song and I love In Tights on My Boat where the singer hopes bad shit, like normal bad shit just keeps happening to this person yeah. rather than just, I'm going to come fight you. And I, I love that idea because, you know, the song is about the fact that she caught her man, husband, boyfriend, whatever, cheating. She has every right to be angry, but she just kind of wishes some petty shit, but also wants to make it known that if if this woman wants to come at her, she'll come back. So I love this song. Gaslighter overall is, is a really great album. I think, unfortunately, it was released in 2020 where people were probably paying attention a little bit less, yep. but it's a great song. Check this album out for sure if you like the chicks. So this is my last track, and I'm going to stray off course here a bit from my traditional and country bluegrass theme. I didn't want to lose the opportunity to put my favorite all-time chick song on our playlist, and we haven't talked a lot about Taking the Long Way, their 2006 album that won Grammy for Album of the Year, and kind of their response to all of the political shit they had to deal with, and the album is phenomenal. It's my favorite chick's album. It's a top 20 album of the past two decades for me, easily. Mm -hmm. So my favorite song from this album is The Long Way Around. I mentioned earlier in the episode that my chick's fandom historically has been tied to this album. This song is the best on the album, in my opinion. It's a great combination of country and rock. It's motivating. It's inspiring. It inspires you to take your own path in life. And I love that quote. My friends from high school married their high school boyfriends, moved into houses in the same zip codes where their parents live. I could never follow. And then my favorite part of the song quote, I met the queen of whatever, drank with the Irish, smoked with the hippies, moved with the shakers, wouldn't kiss all the asses that they told me to. I met the queen of whatever, drank with the Irish, smoked with the hippies, moved with the shakers, wouldn't kiss all the asses that they told me to. No, That's so cool. And again, back to your your thing about them being a punk band. I, those are, are punk yep. lyrics, basically. It's like, fuck this. I'm going to do what I want to do. And you don't hear that a lot in country music, and I love it. 
lastly, a personal connection to this song. It just speaks to me personally. I'm not exactly a mm-hmm. vagabond or anything, but I've tried to take my own route through life. And this one gets mm-hmm. me in the feels, Greg. It does. I love this song. Absolutely. It's great. I'm glad you included it. Hard to follow that one, but I am going to try with favorite year, also from 2006's Taking the Long Way. But would you know me now? Would you let me down beside you? This song reminds me of a Sheryl Crow song. It just has that vibe to it, which I like. I think that's a compliment. I love Sheryl Crow. Like we've mentioned, just the highlights of the best chick songs are the ones that just sort of focus on Natalie Maine's voice, but then also provide as much harmony backing as possible. And this song also has a ton of steel guitar, which is just always a yes. Jordan and I talk about how country music doesn't have to have steel guitar or fiddle or banjo. That's a stupid constraint. But when a band is able to do that in a way that doesn't just sound old-timey for the sake of being nostalgic, it's a win. And this is modern music that includes steel guitar. When modern music has those instruments, my ears perk up a bit. If you're going to play me a song I've never heard and I hear a banjo, I hear a mandolin, I'm like, okay, I'm interested. Mm -hmm. I want to hear more. That wraps up our playlist. Again, hope you check it out. You can find it on the website, soundsgoodtous.com. Thanks again for listening. We always have a good time doing this. If you want us to keep doing it, just you know, give us a like. Go ahead and review us on um, iTunes. That Any positive encouragement makes us feel like we're either on the right track and negative encouragement helps us get better. So whatever feedback you have, give it to us. We look forward to hearing from you. You might have noticed you just listened to an entire podcast episode with no ads. And that's because Greg and I do it for the fun and love of music. And the way that you can support us is just hit that subscribe button on Apple or hit the follow button on Spotify. So you know when we get new episodes and you can continue to support the podcast. That's the one favor we ask of you. Thank you. See ya. See ya.